Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, let's turn our attention to God's Word. Howdy, friends, and welcome to today's next episode of Light Steps Live. As we continue in our Fruitful Disciple series, let's tackle our next word. The word of the day is influence. As a fruitful disciple, as a follower of Jesus, as a student of Jesus, as one who takes all of one's cues from the Lord Jesus, we long to bear fruit of our relationship with him. We've looked at some important words so far. Let's dive into this next word today influence. I believe we all have arenas of influence. If I could show you a piece of paper over a podcast, I'd show you a piece of paper that I've carried around in my pocket for years. It is filled with scribblings and markouts. It's it's the third or fourth manifestation of the same paper, um, the same list. I've been trying to figure out what are the arenas of influence, what is the attitude of influence, and what are the actions of influence for years and years and years. In other words, how can I make the most of the time God has given me as a disciple of Jesus? I, I love how the Apostle Paul says in the book of Ephesians, make, make wise use of your time for the days are evil. Somebody say amen. I don't propose for a moment today to be able to totally tackle any of those three A words that I just introduced arenas or attitudes or actions, nor do I propose in the time we've allotted for this podcast to speak widely on the subject of influence. What I hope to do is to open up our thinking a little bit and get us to uh, start pondering what are our arenas of influence and what is our attitude when it comes to influence and what actions are we taking to influence others. We all know the old adage, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And I'll say that all of us are either monkeys following other monkeys or we're missionaries following the Lord. In other words, we'll just do what everybody else is doing or we'll take our cues from the Lord and we'll work to be salt and light in our community and not just simply reflections of our culture. So I want to give you guys five thoughts today. And I I think each thought is critical. I won't. I will not try to speak on each one um, in a full sense, but simply try to give us some things to think about. If you have your Bibles with you today, we're sort of going to be all over the New Testament, especially, and we're going to start in Galatians 1. Um, but let me give you let me give you these five thoughts and give you just a few, a few thoughts inside of each idea. We all have arenas of influence. Number one, first, we ourselves must be influenced. I think of a couple places. I love 2 Corinthians 5, 11, where Paul says, you know, we ourselves having come under the fear of the Lord, we now persuade others. In other words, we're going out as persuaders because we've been persuaded. We, we go out as influencers because we've been deeply influenced. But I want to look very pointedly at Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote to those churches. He says, I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. 
For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is really critical. First thing, before we're going to influence anybody, we ourselves have to be influenced. Before we're going to convince anyone, we're going to have to ourselves uh, be convinced. And I, I don't even know that we can convince anybody, but we can simply suck. The Holy Spirit has to do that work, which is interesting to note. Um, I, I bring it up a lot. If, if you go and look at Acts chapter number, excuse me, not Acts. If you go and look at John chapter number 16, when Jesus talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Sin because they they missed out on a rejected Jesus righteousness because the example of righteousness is getting ready to go out of their midst and they're going to have to have the revelation of righteousness and judgment because the world's already been judged and some people don't realize that. In other words, the Holy Spirit wants us to come under the Lordship of Jesus. His primary work is to influence us to believe on the Lord Jesus and to believe on him as savior and to follow him as Lord. And so when you get over here to Galatians chapter one, the apostle Paul says, man, we didn't make this stuff up. I'm telling you, if man had made up uh, if the gospel, if the gospel was a man-made thing, we would have made it a whole lot easier. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you like this health and wealth, so-called stuff that they call the gospel. That's not the gospel. That's all about you. The, the gospel of the scriptures is all about God. So, so the apostle Paul says, you know, we didn't make this stuff up. It was given to us and, and each of us received it straight from God. If anybody has the true gospel, the biblical gospel, if anybody has the gospel as is recorded in the scriptures, it came to them from God. Now, God might have used a person to sow it, but it took God to make somebody understand it and receive it. Now, that's a big thing. So, so first question we got to ask ourselves is when we're going to influence others to be disciples of Jesus, when we're going to bear that sort of fruit, are we ourselves first influence? Have we been persuaded ourselves? Secondly, this is a concept I'm just going to introduce super quick. I'm not going to take any time to unfold. I, I totally, totally know the clock is ticking on me today. Um, I'm conscious of that, full-blown conscious. But secondly, think about this. Just look around, look sensibly, look logically at life. We are born as social people. We are born into family. I mean, uh, we are born to be with others. We are born to need people and we are born to learn how to be caregivers. When you're born, you're born into a family. E even, if, even if that family rejects you, you still need people. You need somebody to serve as your, as your caregiver, right? We're born in the family. Think about it. When Jesus says you must be born again, you're born again into another family, you're born into the family of God. There is nothing in us uh, that is meant for any of us to be an island. So we're meant to live in community. I, I love, uh, I won't go here just for the sake of time, but I love, uh, he, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, hey guys, here's what you do. Don't ever give up on gathering together and what you do when you gather together, you want to stir up one another. You want to compel one another to acts of love and good deeds, especially since we who have been influenced, we who have been persuaded, we who have come to believe on the Lord, we know the day of judgment is coming. So we really want to do life together. 
What's this have to do with influence? We're meant to be people who are influenced in community and we're meant to influence others in community. It's just how humanity is designed. So number one, we gotta be influenced ourselves. We must ourselves be influenced. Number two, we are born into community. We're born to be social, born into family. Living as people who are influenced and, and who are influencers is just part of human desire. Number three, so wherever we are, wherever we are, we should be acting as influencers. And I mean, I, I mean gospel minister, ministers, gospel missionaries. I mean, we ought to be disciple makers and we may have to go across the ocean, but we should always be going with the gospel wherever we're at, <laughs> wherever you're standing, be going with the gospel. So, so this, this, this third idea of, 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 of just taking full advantage of our arenas of influences, we might have to go somewhere, but we ought to be faithful where we are, right? L look at the Great Commission. Again, I won't turn that just for the sake of time, but look at the Great Commission. It says, uh, this is my authority. This is what Lord Jesus says. This is my authority, and this is what I want to do with it. I want you guys, I want my followers to make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to obey everything I commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He, he, he says, and I want you to, to teach them everything I've told you. So he does say, go ye therefore into all the nations. Embedded in that is the call for some to go into other cultures. People are called to that. We know it absolutely. Look at the life of Paul. There's also the call in there to work where we are. Like I love the story of Lydia, how Lydia just opens her home in the book of Acts. In other words, it, it's not about going or not going so that we can do the gospel. It's about doing the gospel right where we are and wherever we're going and wherever we're we're called to go. And so, I mean, think about it. We might have to go, but we should always be going. A, a place I did want to look concerning this thought is in Acts chapter 8. And I won't read the whole thing. You, you know the story. It's Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. It's Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And, 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 you know, look at this. The Holy Spirit has transported Philip into this special situation. And he finds this Ethiopian reading reading some scroll of scripture. And Philip recognized it. Isaiah, excuse me, Acts chapter eight, verse 30 tells us that Philip recognized that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading a selection from Isaiah. And Philip runs over to him and says, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian guy says, how, how can I understand it unless someone guides me? In other words, I, I I'm reading it, but I need a little help here. And so he invited Philip to come and sit with him. And, uh, and, and so the passage that, was, that he was reading out of Isaiah comes right out of the Isaiah 53 verses seven and eight, which we know is the, the passage on the suffering servant. And, and he reads a couple verses that would be Isaiah 53, seven and eight. And, uh, and then the eunuch has a question for Philip. He says, uh, uh, about whom does the prophet say this? Does he say it about himself or is he talking about someone else? So he he's asking a prophetic question 
on the one hand, on the other hand, it's a literary question. And Philip opened his mouth and told him the gospel. He shared with him the good news about Jesus is what it says exactly in Acts 8, uh, 35. And so the Ethiopian, it, you know, God uses Philip, but the Ethiopian is given revelation from God. And he says, look, man, there's some water. I want to be baptized, right? There's Philip living out that great commission. You know, and so wherever he was, he was faithful in the gospel. And if we want to be influencers, we got to, be, you know, wherever we are, we want to be found being faithful with the gospel. God may send you to Russia. God may send you to Nebraska. God may send you to Argentina. God might send you to China. God might send you to Bosnia. I don't know. But I know you're standing right where you are. And if you want to be a person of influence, you have to be about the gospel and be faithful in the gospel right where you stand. Now, somebody out there is immediately going, man, whoa, I'm, I'm not called to be a preacher. I'm not called to be a missionary. Uh, well, I'm here to tell you, friend, you are a believer. You are a believer. You've been given arenas of influence. So the question is, do you have the attitude and actions of influence? Number four. And this is for those people who say, man, I can't do it, okay? And this is for the people who know God's called them to do it. In other words, this is for everybody. E-R-R-Y-B-O-D-D-Y. Everybody. Oh, okay. Everyone. This is for everyone who says, I am a disciple of Jesus and I long to bear fruit. You ready? The one who prepares in diligence is the one most likely to be led by the Spirit. Let me say that again. The one who prepares in diligence is the one who's most likely to be led by the Spirit. Now, I'll give you an old country boy analogy. Um, uh, you know, I'll never forget, we had some friends visit. Uh, well, we had some friends who were from Maine, and they had some relatives visit. And um, and they came down, and and, uh, and so we were going to take them bird hunting. They want to go bird hunting with us. And um, I handed him, I handed him an over under twelve gauge that I'd borrowed from my granddaddy. And he says, "Is this loaded?" And I said, "You can't kill no birds if it ain't." And he laughed, and 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 uh, I, and I said, "Listen, man, the one who the one who's gonna be ready to shoot a bird is the one who's looking for the birds, the one who's got the ammo, and the one who's actually hunting." I mean, just think about it. The one who prepares in diligence is the one most likely to be led by the Holy Spirit. Look at this one verse right here in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. If you rightly handle the word of truth when you're sitting alone, you'll be more prepared to rightly handle the word of truth when you when you're, have the opportunity to influence somebody. I think we also need to hear... Um, 2 Timothy 2, 16, 2, it says, but avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. That's, that's where a lot of us are hung up. We're, we spend most of our time on irreverent babble. And so when it comes, to, we're not locked and loaded with the word of God. And when it comes time to be an influencer, all we've got is a reverent babble. I mean, you know, that might be something to think about for a long time. Time is running away from me. Let's look at one more passage under this idea. Just one more verse. Let's look over Galatians chapter number five, verse 25. Now, here's the thing he says there. 
The Apostle Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. That, that's the key. Go back to that John 15 idea of our introduction and in our very first introduction to this series. Uh, uh, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, sure, you can do a lot of things apart from Jesus. What he's saying is, apart from me, you can do nothing fruitful. You can do nothing that's pleasing to God. You can do nothing that's helpful in your walk. You can do nothing that's going to bring glory to God apart from Jesus. So we got to be in step with the Spirit. And that's one of the main things to help us. Okay, idea number five. We need both the attitude for influence and the actions of influence. How am I going to wrap up something I've been thinking about for years in just two minutes? I don't know, but it's going to be hard. First off, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 12 really quickly. There the Bible says, Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by, by God. Here's the thing, number one, we got to spend a lot of time in the Word. we got to spend a lot of time just open to the Holy Spirit to, to reveal truth to us, truth that is consistent across the scope of Scripture, truth that is consistent to the character of God, truth that is consistent to orthodox tested theology. That, and that's just true. If you're going to develop the right attitude, you got to have the right armor. Whoa, whoa, that man talking now. We have to be, we have to be, uh, sealed by the Holy Ghost, sent by the authority of the Son, and we have to be submissive to the way and the will of the Father. That's the only way we're going to develop the attitude. Also, look at Philippians chapter 2. We won't read it all. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. What did, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Jesus, Jesus left heaven. So what are we told to do in second, uh, excuse me, Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Or, or just consider that passage from 1 Thessalonians chapter number two, verses nine through 14, how, how the apostle Paul says, look, we labored among you. Uh, the right attitude, the right actions, it's going to be work. Or consider Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. How are people going to call on the Lord if they hadn't believed? And how are they going to believe on him if they've never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? Guys, we got to get out there and give people the word. Or consider 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 8. For even if I boast a little too much of our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, I will not be ashamed. He clearly saw, he clearly saw that the outworking of his ministry was a fulfilling of Jeremiah's promise of the, the, the new life that the Holy Spirit would bring us. The actions have to be in tune and the attitude has to be in tune with what God has already commanded his church to be doing. Brothers and sisters and friends who are listening, we are built to be people of influence and the fruitful, of di the fruitful disciple, the fruitful follower of Jesus must first be influenced. We must first understand we were born into community. We're born to be social. We must be faithful wherever we are with the gospel. We must prepare in diligence so that we'll be ready when the Holy Spirit opens the opportunity. And we must have the right attitude and the right actions. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's Life Steps Live. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Oh.
This episode is sponsored by the Light Steps devotional series. Would you like to have Light Steps in print or on your digital reader? Tim Bowes has written three devotionals, Light Steps, More Light Steps, and Steps on the Roman Road. These titles can be found in print at the My Life Matters office or in digital format via Amazon. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club.